Uh, welcome to our first episode of Eyes in the Street. And today we have a special guest, Osman from Latin America. And he's going to share with us his experience in life in Guatemala. And here's the interview with my guest, Osman. Uh, thank you so much for being here in Eyes of the Street with me, Osman. So uh, I, first, can you introduce yourself? Uh, your growing up experience. Oh, yeah. I, I would like to thank you actually, Chief, for having this idea of creating this podcast and give me the opportunity to talk about uh, experiences in my life as a young architect. I'm also quite, um, you know, proud and thankful to be the first uh, in this series of talks. So I'm pretty sure it is going to be a success. So I'm, I'm really happy for this. Great. Uh, quick introduction for me. Um, my name is Osmin Josue Lopez Avalos. I'm a young architect from Guatemala, which is in Central America. A very interesting country to practice architecture. And I had the opportunity to meet Chim in our master, the master in advanced architecture at IAC. So I'm pretty sure we're going to get... Uh, Many more projects together in the future. Yeah, sure. And uh, would you want to uh, describe your your growing up experience in Guatemala? Because uh, this uh, our episode is about uh, neighborhood and uh, happenings around your neighbors and the experience that you grow around while while you're you know adults or while you're as a, a practicing architect or when you were students so uh, because you are way back in there and uh, in Latin America is so far from uh, Hong Kong our far is <laughs> far far away so so different the culture we understand uh, very superficially like Maya culture there you know and uh, it's, a, it's a very highly biodiversified uh, atmosphere. You have a very eco, highly eco, eco, you know, bio ecosystem there, and uh, things like that. But uh, these are just very superficial. And I'm actually more interested at uh, how, like, when you're growing up, you know, with your friends and all that. What, what do you all do? You know, like, like, what are the experience that you know? Oh, sure, no worries. I will yeah, try yeah, to describe them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so first of all, um, Guatemala is actually a small country. As you mentioned before, in the past, our previous, uh, you know, um, colonies were Mayas before we got colonized by the Europeans. So we have a lot of tradition still, you know, the food. We have a lot of uh, languages. So maybe in some regions of the country, there are some people that cannot speak Spanish or Spanish is not actually their first language. And they have all those traditions from Mayas still in their communities. So it's uh, whenever you go out to the city, you can feel that, um, you know, it's uh, it, uh, that um, resilient uh, group of Mayas and keeping the culture alive uh, from my side. Um, a uh, middle-class family, second son, second child. 
And we live in uh, the suburbs of Guatemala City, very, very far away from the center. Um, you know, there's this uh, limit between which is city, which is outside the city. So we have been always there uh, debating if we are part of the city or not. Um, the neighborhood I live in, it's quite small, um, few blocks almost. And, and it's quite nice because you know all neighborhood, you quite know the people are from your age and you quite uh, make became friends with everybody. It's also a you know, red spot for pickpocket and some robbery. I will describe it. Maybe you have a a link to El Raval, which is that uh, you know contradiction between what is fancy in Barcelona and very high class, and what it's uh, yeah a complicated area. <laughs> so that's the neighborhood I'm living in. It's uh, it's it's actually I actually like it, even though it's uh, quite dangerous sometimes. But you actually the opportunity to understand how people is actually living in Guatemala, you know, no, nobody, it's um, not, the, not all of the people, it's uh, millionaires and stuff. So you quite have um, a good understanding of what are the, the struggles of the majority of the citizens of, of this country. So I like it for that. Uh, it makes me very humble whenever I go out come back to my home i i have that feeling that i might be traveling to america or europe but i still have that uh, you know i know where I'm from i really like that um for talking about my friends in my neighborhood i used to and we still have um, a group of uh junks uh teenagers and young uh, adults that we hang out every, not so often days because of Corona, but back in the day, we used to go out and skateboard, you know, skateboarding. Uh, we used to skate a lot in different neighborhoods. And that's, uh, that was, a, 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 for an architect, I realized that, that it was a nice um, experience, you know, to actually walk around the, the neighborhood and visit uh, the surroundings and really understand the city by by walking in this uh suburb so we used to practice skateboarding a lot and for some uh, period of my time of my life when i was a teenager i was uh, really into and i was uh you know looking forward for becoming professional and travel around the world things of that um, practice you know like skateboarding and maybe that was uh the main goal to go out and visit as many cities and countries as possible i was i was i was maybe the idea was to keep uh, practicing skateboarding and hopefully go out and explore the world uh, then i realized it's it was thanks to architecture <laughs> <laughs> oh i can't imagine you can skate huh you, yeah, you... I used to. I stayed. I skated for almost ten years, and wow. we used to do those uh, contests and, you know, the competitions from the city. And we used to used to be quite uh, good, actually. I used to have wow. a lot of uh, broken bones when I was a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, was a mess. My... 
Right. My brief stay in Barcelona, I also realized skateboarding is quite big there. And, uh, you know, like unlike here in Hong Kong, they always restrict you from doing all this outdoors because they, they're afraid you make uh, like nuisance and make dangers to the bypass pedestrian. So they always ask you not to do this, not to do that here. But I, I was very surprised that you, you do skateboarding. Well, maybe that's because uh, yeah, so it's always common there. Too many points. And also I realized tattoo is quite a big thing there. And uh, it's, it's, it, I think it has to do with your Maya uh, culture, Maya influence, right? The, for body tattoo. Tattoo? What what's that? Tattoo. What's poly the poly tattoo. what? T A O O, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have some culture from that uh, from America. Actually, I'm pretty sure the first tattoos uh, appear in Central America and Latin America were um, from people coming from the USA, and then we started uh, having those as. Uh, you know, as a culture, maybe. Yeah, right. So I, I, we live so close to the U.S. You know, we have uh, some words we mentioned. We use them in English. Mm -hmm. We actually, uh, whenever you're having a birthday, yeah. celebrating your birthday, right. you know, the birthday song, uh -huh. we actually sing that uh, ish. Then we have uh, a second part in Spanish, but uh, we have a lot of uh, reference from, from the U.S. Okay, yeah, and uh, I understand you were saying you brought into kind of street culture and then you no know, like getting more like street smart, and I understood that. So actually, I also have a brief uh, experience in Rabao, in Barcelona, and yeah. all that multicultural, yeah, multicultural kind of vibe. vibe I I can feel it, and uh, it's very interesting. It makes you a lot more uh, alert, street alert, you know, around what you're happening. And um, but there's there's a big jump from that kind of culture to your architecture, you know. So, what makes you actually select architecture to oh, as a profession? Yeah, how uh, do you get to know it? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I was actually like five years old when my my family started uh, building our house, and I remember okay. running around the site because it was demolished the, at the house that I was previously there. So it was like a huge uh, land where I was playing as as, as my, my backyard, <laughs> and I was really yeah. connected to how the house was built. So I I was into all that process. I had no idea how my me go as a kid in running around the construction site with so many uh, dangerous areas. So. That experience gave me the chance to think about constructing into a profession. And I don't know how it works in Hong Kong, but in Guatemala, whenever you're in high school, you are supposed to select most of um, knowledge as a pre-course for your career at the yeah. level. So I choose yeah. um, uh, engineering and drafting of, as my major class in high school. So I was drawings and understanding how um, how architecture was built since uh, 
2009, I would say. It's almost 11 years from now. It's, mm-hmm. it's a long time. <laughs> Uh, so that was my first approach to architecture about building, you know, like construction, maybe thinking about more uh, as a contractor. Then I needed to attend college, needed. I mentioned that because I needed to explore more about this. I was really into construction. So I chose architecture instead of engineering. Because all those, um, you know, architecture has that... Uh, space for you to explore shapes and design so that was a a plus that i was looking forward and it was maybe the first semester second i realized that construction is not really the most important part of architecture for me i'm really into design i mean we have the same master so i'm pretty sure we both understand how important it is to push forward, you know, the boundaries of traditional architecture. Hmm. And from that on, college was really, I, I, I wouldn't say easy, but it wasn't that much complicated for me because I was really into, into design. I, so I, I think it was, it was fun actually to study architecture as a bachelor level. Oh, so... Was it uh, many of your friends also doing architecture? When those are actually, yeah, 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 it is. Uh, it is a popular career to choose. Actually, you know, anything that is uh, doctors, engineering, oh. architecture, uh, lawyers, those are one of the most uh, requested careers at, at school. So, oh, there are a lot of uh, students actually. Hmm. So actually, uh, having said that. I was thinking about the, another thing is a part of you growing up, right? Uh, you know, about, I want to come to this food. You know, like when I was in Barcelona, like for soup, right? Soup is not a very big thing. Seems like, you know, like, uh, you know, in your first, yeah. The what? Soup, drinking soup. Yeah, it's, it's super. It's oh, not soup. A, it's not a, yeah, yeah popular thing, you know. It's only you have gazpacho, right? And uh, oh, and yeah, it's only yeah, one, yeah, gazpacho, right? I remember. Like, you don't have, you know, other many type of soup, unlike, unlike your Chinese meal. So, for you, when you grow up, part of growing up, what kind of favorite uh, dishes that you like from your mother cooking? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. I actually missed uh, the traditional Guatemalan food. Over a year of living in Barcelona, I was desperate to try that. Uh, we have a lot of, uh, as you mentioned, some sort of soup soup, or stove, you know, like chicken with uh, some potatoes, some vegetables and this. Um, it's not watery soup. It's more like denser, uh-huh. almost like a paste. Uh, one of my favorite dish is called pepian. I will send you the picture of that in in few days. Is uh, a really, I would say Maya tradition of how to cook uh, vegetables and chicken. And we have some desserts as well. Very sweet. Very related to our um, farming. Um, 
One of the ones I really like is called Rayenito, which is this um, some sort of <laughs> a circular oval shape made of uh, fried okay. banana. And inside of that, you have some beans mixed with chocolate, and all that's fried. Uh, sugar on top of it, so it's it's really tasty. And yeah, I'm pretty sure everybody here likes uh, our type of food, as you guys yeah. in in China in Hong Kong like uh, that uh, Asia type of Asiatic type of food. And you know, even if we have uh, fast food from the US and some uh, reference from Asia as Chinese or Japanese food, whenever you have a birthday party or yeah. a, a Christmas dinner, you're always gonna find some 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 dish uh, related nice. to our culture. So I'm, I really like that. I'm really proud yeah. of it. So remember, we we have a very good meal when we were in uh, Porero. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still remember that Yeah, those, those uh, that dishes, lunch. are they quite... Like, can you find similar sort of cooking? I'm sure the type of cooking is quite similar, right? Yeah. Do you remember that um, uh, bull tail yeah, yeah, yeah. we ate? It was really. It was a. It was not a soup. It uh -huh. was more like a paste. Stew, like with, a stew. Uh, yeah, like stew. It was. It was amazing. I I can actually relate that sort of uh, image and flavor to our to our culture we also have a lot of corn so we produce a oh, lot of yeah, tortillas right. and they are quite different from mm. the mexicans we used we, we actually made those by hand so each tortilla mm. is unique in a sense you know mexicans because they are a lot of uh, citizens you go to the tortilla store the tortilla shop tortilleria and you you will have a machine right. doing like tortillas uh, per second but uh, in our city it's still by, it's okay. still made by hand so it's a really interesting yeah. tradition and it's an art actually it's an art. those those are must be uh, and uh, those are like put it on an oven you bake it it's a it's a very you know tasty uh, dish quite common we call it street food yeah you can find street food yeah I wouldn't say it's a street food because there is a shop for tortillas and you okay. actually go there and buy some from your lunch, dinner or breakfast. So you can actually eat those uh, tortillas oh, all yeah, day. Yeah. <laughs> right. So do you, do you cook? Do you, are, are you, do you make some uh, nice cook when you were in Barcelona yourself? Yeah, I actually, uh, I, I, I improved my yeah. skills in Barcelona. I was, uh, I was living with... Um, Few nationalities. Uh, I used to have roommates from Brazil, Argentina, Kyrgyzstan, Italy, Mexico, okay. USA, Chile. Oh. <laughs> so many, so many. And we used to share, you know, recipes. And whenever it was, uh, you know, lockdown, we we were there stuck. So we used to do these um, culture oh. nights. So 
uh, if you were leaving with us, Chin will do an Asian dish for us for dinner. And next day, it will be me doing some Guatemalan sort of, oh. of food. So um, oh. I, I, I took a few recipes from my friends. <laughs> <laughs> there was a... I, I think everybody learned how to cook during this pandemic, actually. Yeah, during a COVID, during a COVID day, everybody learns how to cook. So <laughs> the place you stay in Barcelona, is it a student hostel? There are most of the Latin... It is a student... Yeah. It is a student housing, but they have different flats around the city. So you can actually choose where you want to live. And I was living in Gracia. Yeah. I really like Gracia. I, I was in love with Gracia. Oh, yeah. Amazing neighborhood. Right, it's a very nice uh, small neighbor, neighborhood. The uh, streets are smaller and narrower and uh, sort of up in the hill, you know. And uh, yeah. yeah, there were not so many tourists, so at night it was very calm but safe. Yeah. And there were some clubs you can attend in Diagonal. So it was, you know, like walk distance from restaurants, stores, you know, vegetable shops, uh, fruterias, mm. clubs. So it was it was a nice area. Is there any street or places that in Barcelona reminded you for, of uh, Guatemala City? Yeah, I, I actually found this uh, shop in Gothic, uh-huh. really near to Las Ramblas. It is run by this uh, couple from Peru or Bolivia. Uh-huh. Sorry, Bolivia, uh-huh. and they import uh, you know craft. Um, handmade articles from Latin America. And I found this section from Guatemala specifically. Mm. <laughs> it was a nice uh, experience, you know, after a year to have uh, seen this corner of Guatemalan uh, handmade, uh, you know, bracelets and hats and some uh, yeah. fabrics. Right. I, yeah. I, Maybe that's the only place I can relate to because I, I couldn't find a restaurant from actually from only Guatemalan dish. Oh, okay. That story is actually is actually a good one. Yeah, yeah. And they have actually pretty nice uh, products. Yeah, I, I find there are more Middle Eastern food there than uh, than Latin American food. You know. Oh, you tried it in uh, in uh, Barcelona. They are more like a. Uh, like uh, mid eastern, uh, I mean the uh, what do you call those? Uh, in uh, say say in uh, Morocco, Morocco, and uh, Middle East, and yeah, uh, they have all of yeah, they have all. Yeah, they're more there, and uh, uh, less so. I think I can find sometimes I can find Argentinian, uh, Argentinian uh, beef steak things like that from Argentina. Yeah. Oh, I saw a few actually. Mm. There are a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Argentina one. Argentina restaurant. Right, right, right. So, so, uh, and uh, for for you, so you, uh, when you, when you go back now in Guatemala, say for the typical mid, uh, middle class family, right? Are they uh, mostly big family or smaller family like you? You have like you were saying, you have two kids in your family, right? Two siblings. Actually, we are four, Jim. Oh, four siblings. Okay. So there's uh, yeah four siblings. Yeah, there there's okay. There's middle size, right? You, yeah. What what is the typical number size of a family? Say for Middle East. You know, back in the day, yeah, yeah. my father had seven brothers. Okay, okay. Now I have three brothers. Okay. And actually, few of my friends are seven as well. Okay. 
but uh, you know, younger generations are having maybe one kid, two kids, or no kids. Yes, yes. But uh, people from my age usually have uh, at least three okay. brothers to hang out. Right. So we, we are quite uh, big families. Yeah. Well, uh, three, three or four is considered uh, good size. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, compared to China, I hope, you know, it's, uh, it's a multitude, yeah. right? Yeah, you, uh, are you like your same as you, uh, the older generation, you have a bigger family here. But for the younger generation, it's like everywhere in the world now, I suppose. Yeah, I, I, for, yeah, yeah. You like, know, the situation like, doesn't help, you know, like uh, whenever you're getting an apartment. You, mm. you only found like one bedroom, two bedroom apartments, maybe a three bedroom apartment. That that's really expensive, and also yeah. you know schools and and, and doctors and, and sustain that kid is getting expensive any every day. So I'm pretty sure people is starting to think about how many kids they they actually gonna have. So oh, but you know, say there are countries say in uh, Finland. Or Norway, right? They actually encourage uh, you have kids, and then they give you free education. You know? Yeah, I have right? heard that, but that so only applies the when the country is running low on younger generation, right? The majority is still like yeah, a third, uh, a oh. quite old generation. Yeah. I see. So you, you're like you are saying Guatemala is still have a. A lot of young people. Yeah, we have so, a lot. A lot of... We have a lot. <laughs> we have a lot. So they are not... I, I, I think actually so they, we they can relate discourage. our country to India in a way. We have some some okay. of these messy areas with many things are happening at the same time. Car crossings, yes, uh, yes. you know, poverty, millionaires, um, meters away from yeah. each other. We have these uh, yeah, fences that divide... Uh, segments of economic uh it's uh yeah like ghetto yeah you can relate to, to, to hong kong as well yeah well it's like uh but uh, in colombia Medellin, yeah the city mayor yeah the mayor they are trying to do something so i'm just wondering in guatemala is there any similar trend that they want to have make the neighbor more like friendly like a walkable neighborhood you know, the problem is that uh, the job positions are centralized in specific zones. So everything that's uh -huh. outside that area is just housing and some, you know, groceries and, store and stores. But that's not really job opportunities. So people need to travel to those uh, job position areas every day and then come back again at the late afternoon. So... I haven't seen this uh, this this uh, initiative about changing that and becoming becoming neighborhoods more friendly and walkable. I'm pretty sure that's mm -hmm. that that has to be some policy from the government to mm -hmm. you know improve or give some chances for new offices to open in, in these areas that are only housing. So we have a huge problem on traffic. Uh, you can actually do like one hour and a half, maybe two hours. You know, moving 
like 15 kilometers, which is in a city scale, it's, it's a close distance, you know. It is because everybody is going to the same, yeah. coming back to the same neighborhood at, at night. Mm-hmm. How's the mass transit there? Are they quite good? The, the, for the oh, city of Guatemala? You mean the public transportation? Yes, so yes. We don't have a metro. We do have okay. bus. You know, Colombia and Brazil this have, have this uh, specific line for a huge and large bus to move around the city. Um, we call it Transmetro and Transurbano, which is connecting the north and south part of the city. But it's only going in, in fuel lines, you know? You cannot navigate the whole city with that... Mm. Uh, with that system. So we have these uh, secondary buses that are really shitty, <laughs> uh, are, 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 are trash actually. You know, uh, the government doesn't run these, uh, they, they don't own these buses. So if you have a, a transportation company, you can buy a second-hand or third-hand use uh, school bus from the USA uh, bring it to Guatemala, mm-hmm. paint it, uh, paint it, refurbish or re, not refurbish, re, redo some mechanics that might be not working properly and uh, operate that yeah. uh, as a public transportation. Yes. So buses are not version. Maybe they have like, I'm pretty sure they're 80s. So maybe they have like. 40 years mm. of, of use that boss and it is it is uh mm. with, with with wheels and now that we're talking about yeah. transportation i would like to talk about corruption you know every time i go out mm. and, and for some reason i'm studying or working away from guatemala i have heard some news and i receive news about politicians on how much money they are stealing from us and whenever you, if, if, if we do, you know, like a list and we actually add all that uh, money that goes away in corruption, I'm pretty sure we can have a pretty decent metro system to navigate the city. And many people is complaining about Guatemala, it's a poor country. And I, I actually think that Guatemala is not a poor country. It's, 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 it's actually a rich country. We, we have a lot of opportunities. We have resources and for sure we have money, yes. but the money is getting... A, taking away from us so i'm mm. I'm, I'm pro yeah, public transportation and i used to take it every day when i was in school mm. when i was in college i mm. used uh, a vehicle because my school was actually far away from my house but uh, you know all that traffic can be avoided and you can navigate the city more efficiently we have this secure and efficient um, public transportation Hopefully a metro. Yeah. 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 Wow. Is is always about managing yeah. resources. Yeah, but you yeah, hear I mean, you hear the news, and and they publish how much money this uh, specific person have a steal from the government, and those are millions of quetzales mm. that could be translated into millions of dollars as well. So it's not uh, it's millions yeah. of dollars. You know, you can do a lot of improvement to the city infrastructure with that money. Yeah. 
Yeah. I know. I know. Well, if you talk about talking about politics, say, uh, are there any uh, like big Chinese uh, corporation coming into Guatemala to do investment? Oof. I know we have. I know we have received some help from Asia. Uh, as okay. much as corporations, we have a lot of factories actually that operate in Guatemala because. Um, Work is cheaper, so we produce actually a lot of uh, fabric and clothing that uh, exported to the U.S. Okay. as a fur brand. So that's actually a huge industry. Mm -hmm. For some reason, much of those um, textile industries are run by Chinese people. I, I have no idea how that happened, yeah. <laughs> uh, but they are actually giving yeah. a lot of uh, jobs to to the city. Sometimes they um, oh, take advantage advantage of uh, us with uh, you know like long hours, uh, not uh, a good mm. salary, not so many, you know like uh, health yeah. and many other. I understand stuff that you will need as uh, yeah. uh, as an employee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a capitalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Capitalism. So. So I uh, one one uh, final uh, thing I want to ask you is, uh, will you consider you a luck, a very lucky, as as able to like traveling around, say you you use you travel to Los Angeles to work right, and then you were in uh, Barcelona for for like a one year master degree, and then now you also have a like fully registered architect. Would you consider your one of the lucky one, or is it going to oh, be like this kind of? No, you're, it's common. you are right. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm one of the lucky ones in my group of friends. Um, it is all because of my family, my fathers, mom and dad. Um, you know they they never gave us the best car, the best uh, house, the best uh, electronics, but they actually put all the effort and money into our education so even yeah. though we don't we didn't we don't we don't live in a very fancy neighborhood and we don't drive uh <laughs> brand new cars but we have uh, yeah. a lot of uh, trust and belief in in education so there was yeah. never like um a no for an answer when i were i was asking or you're not considering studying here or um, doing this internship and just for mm -hmm. your interest um, right now I'm 27 years old and I study uh, some trimester in Puerto Rico when I was in college bachelor level then I moved to Mexico City for six yeah. months to do an internship. Immediately from that, I moved to Los Angeles for another seven months. I came back and worked for almost two years, saving all the money I could, <laughs> applying to a national scholarship. Mm -hmm. Then I moved to Barcelona. So it has never been easy. It has been a struggle. Um, but mm -hmm. it, it has teached me, you know, how to 
you know, fight and work for your goals and never give up. And, and whenever you think it's yes. uh, impossible, there is always your family, you know, to support you. And maybe your goal, it is not uh, an only an individual goal, you know, it becomes, you know, this mass goal or So you have all that support that is cheering you up and you, you keep on working and you keep on dreaming. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the values that you cultivate is, is through your family and uh, your parents must be a big influence yeah, it's, uh, with you. you know? it's, it's, uh, so, my I'm father, sorry, for example, it's a really interesting story. He, had, uh, he used to have no education yeah. and he didn't like to work in the farm because they only have uh, farming opportunities. So he escaped uh, that yeah. uh, long hour labor and the farm and the sun and the, you know, the winter. So he refugee in books and school. And he's the only one of several brothers that had uh, a school level education, even college level education. And he now lives in the city in a very lucky position. Yeah. But I still have that... Um, You know, I still have that image on how the majority of citizens live, you know, poverty, struggling every month. We as a family actually have lent uh, money to a few of our neighborhood uh, neighbors because they, they actually struggle every month. So going out and living in Barcelona, for example, and then coming back to Guatemala, teach me how to... Be humble, how to give value to the things that really matter and never forget where I'm come from. Never forget uh, the friends that I have and how people is living. And, you know, right now I only hope for one day to uh, give some job positions and, you know, make the somebody's life better than it is right now. And, help them look for our opportunities. Yeah, good. Yeah, with that, with that positive note, I think uh, we have to end uh, this session, this episode. And uh, I, I hope one day we can, uh, I can visit you there and you don't know more. Uh, you know already a lot, you know? <laughs> you study about Guatemala. <laughs> you know all of <laughs> Yeah, I did. <laughs> the research paper yeah for the people that is listening to us uh jim did a very extensive uh research on guatemala city and he knows about all the governments all the um, projects that have been done during the last couple of years and he i'm pretty sure you 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 know more about the city than many of our citizens yeah well actually i'm more interested in the street you know, the neighborhood, things like that. This are uh, things that you, you cannot study through paper. You know, you, you have to be like you, one of you, to experience there, live there, you know, cultivate there and nurture there. And so I, I thank you for you sharing your, your experience with me. And uh, so with that note, uh, we, we will end this. No, no. Thank, thank you, Jim, for, for, for giving me the chance to talk about it. Okay. I hope okay. we can collaborate in the future as well. For sure. <laughs> Adios. Okay. Adios. Shishini. <laughs>